unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between? You're all included here on the Raw and Unscripted Show. I am Christopher Roush, and you here are here for your next episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show. Yours truly, the No Excuses Coach, the place where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. As always, Pacific Standard Time, of course. Here on the West Coast, I'm in Southern California. Thank you, God. We're actually getting a little reprieve from all this amazing heat and humidity that's been going on in the world today. So I was actually just sitting in my backyard, just kind of thinking about the show and enjoying my life and enjoying my moments. I was outside earlier teaching my son how to play baseball, uh, a little softball action. He's five years old. That's not frustrating at all. Trying to get a kid to pay attention to what he's supposed to be doing for sports, right? Anybody out there in parent land uh, ever have that experience? So anyways, we appreciate you being here, whether you're live or on the replay. And of course, if you're watching the video cast, always go check out the podcast. We are everywhere where podcasts are sold, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, all the different places that you would love to get podcasts. You can go find all those on my website. Go to ChristopherRoush.com forward slash podcast, and you will see all the different areas that you can sign up for them. I try to make it as easy as possible for you guys uh, to capture this. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you want, you can always check us out on the video cast. It's always on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Christopher Roush. I try to make things easier for you. If you can't remember that, just go to no excusescoach.com. All my social media is right there. You can click on the little YouTube banner and it'll take you right there. You'll see a playlist for the Ron and Scripted show. You'll see a playlist for the Unfiltered Experience, which is my Friday night show. You'll see a, a playlist for my walk and talk videos, which are my short little videos where I just talk directly to you from the heart, Ron and Scripted bringing you guys motivation, inspiration, and education on how you can change your life today. Because I am nothing special. I mean, I am special, but I've been through, uh, been to hell and back. They kicked me out. They were afraid I was going to take over. And all I do is I just sit there and share my journeys with you guys, all my experiences, my ups and my downs, my wings and my wangs, and all those different things that you want to put uh, labels on. And I share those with you based on my experience on how we can all grow together and have a kick-ass life. That's my true intention every single day when I wake up in the morning before my eyes open, I say what I'm grateful for. Then I say what I'm, what I'm, my intentions are for the day. And God's honest truth is I woke up today and I said, my intention is to have an amazing conversation with my guest tonight. And before we go any further, we got the amazing Catherine in the house. She says, hi, Chris. What's up, Catherine? Kick-ass Catherine. She's, uh, she quit smoking recently. I helped her get off the smokes and uh, she's doing fantastically and uh, she's got the night off of work. So thank you for joining us, Catherine. I appreciate you for being here and be sure to uh, tell uh, Brenda my appreciation for her as well. She was looking into the workshop, so appreciate that. And uh, just appreciate you guys all being here, whether you're live or on the replay. And as always, if you're here live, uh, ask us questions, myself and my guest. You know, this is an opportunity for you guys to join the conversation. That's why I do the show like this. It's not an interview. It's a conversation between me and my guest. We're sitting at a bar. We're sitting at a coffee shop. And you guys are kind of eavesdropping going, hey, what are those guys talking about? You know, I want to get in on this conversation. And can I ask them a question? Because I don't know if you've ever been a, in, a, in a public place and you've heard a conversation. You've overheard it. You're not eavesdropping. But you're like, man, I'd love to know what happened to their brother. I'd like to know what happened to this. You know, this is a way of including you in the conversation. So it is a family to have you guys here. Catherine says here, nine weeks smoke-free, $630 save. Yes, yes, yes. I am so proud of you, Catherine. 
I used to be a smoker and then I quit and then I smoked again, then I quit, then I smoked again, then I quit, but then I finally quit. Um, so yeah, it's one of the greatest things you can do for your life. I mean, I just had a buddy of mine down in Australia, John sometimes watches the show and, uh, he recently, uh, didn't realize how bad the cigarettes were affecting his breathing and had to go into the hospital of all things. He's as asthmatic, which is a dumbass. I mean, why the fuck would you smoke if you have asthma? And I told him that straight to his face. Um, but he went to the hospital and found out the little thing you blow into to see how much air capacity you have. He could barely like blow 100 when you're supposed to blow like 800. He spent eight days or four days in the hospital and wound up coming out of there being able to blow like a 600. And he tells me, Chris, he goes, fuck. I goes, I have not felt this good for three years because he went bad back surgery. And then he came out of that and started picking up the cigarettes again. And he said he didn't realize because over time we do things to our body. We don't pay attention to things. And it's not like overnight we feel like shit. It's like progressively we feel like shit. I know I'm experiencing this personally. I'm very honest with you guys. I've been back on the pain pills for a while. The Percocets, the 10, three, two fives. I hate them because they are driving my, 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 um, my positivity down the drain. They're weighing me down. I was just talking to our brother, Walter McKinley, who's a friend of the show, a dear friend of mine. He's like, dude, you just don't seem the same. And I said, yeah, it's these pills. They just kind of drag me down. So I'm looking to get off of those here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to taper down this time instead of quitting cold turkey like I normally do. But yeah, we're honest here on the show. And then when you start recognizing the things that you're doing to your body and you start taking better care of yourself, it's incredible what clarity and what enthusiasm and what emotion and what passion you can find in your life to continue on and do the things that really matter most. So I'm proud of you, Catherine. I appreciate you for being here and sharing your story with us. And uh, before we get started and have our guests come on here, I just want to, of course, have our little commercial here. For those of you guys listening, I have a banner at the bottom of the screen that says www.helphealhumanity. Helphealhumanity.org is an organization I've been involved with now for a couple of years. I'm on the board of directors for them. The reason I'm on the board of directors is because the amazing Serena Buffalino is such an impactful individual. And we all have nonprofit organizations that we like to support. But I don't know if you're like me and often wonder, like, where does the money really go? Is it going to the to the CEO of the company who has a $10 million house and has, you know, 17 bathrooms? Or is it actually really going to the cause that I'm donating for? Like for me, I'm passionate about homelessness. I'm passionate about animals. I'm passionate about at-risk kids. And so in uh, uh, Help Heal Humanity, Serena started this organization to help uh, food insecurities with people in her local area of Hamilton, Ontario. And then one day started realizing something that was going on down in the country of Haiti. And this little five foot two, you know, all hundred pounds of her decided to go down to Haiti and build a fucking school in one of the worst areas there. And if you can't have respect for that type of a person, man, I don't know what, what kind of planet you're living on. So she came to me and she said, uh, you know, I'm going to start a USA board. Would you be willing to be a part of the board? And I said, hell yeah. Uh, she's a sister from another mister. So as part of my contribution here, every single week, I ask you guys, if you got a dollar, if you got 20 bucks, you got a hundred bucks, you got 500 bucks, whatever you could do to go support this organization, you're supporting me. So when you get value out of this, I don't say if, when you get value out of this program, I want you to go and do whatever it is that you can to pay it forward because I'm giving you something that's going to change your life. My guest is going to give you something that's going to change your life. That's invaluable stuff. And the best way you could pay it forward is to go do something out of the generosity of your own heart. Again, I'm not kidding. If it's five bucks, if a hundred people give five bucks, that gets us closer to sending kids to school. So right now we're raising a hundred thousand dollars to be able to send these kids to school in one of the roughest neighborhoods, neighborhoods of Haiti. And not only send them to school, but try to feed them the, the malnourishment, 
Um, and the, the food insecurity that's going on in Haiti is absolutely mind blowing. Like when I literally throw food away, I feel absolutely guilty because I figure even if it's only scraps, I figure, God, those people there would actually love to have this. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of things going on here in the United States, here in the United States, we have opportunities, we have answers, we have programs, we have things that we can do to get off our ass and go out there and, and gain money and get creative about ourselves. But the people in Haiti, they have zero, they have nothing. They're literally living on concrete blocks with their dead relatives underneath them from two earthquakes right? Think about that. You're living on top of concrete blocks of your dead relatives and nobody's going to come by and, and, and scoop them out and have a proper burial for them. And you're just happy to have a tent or a tarp, you know, at, that you can call home. It's un fucking believable. So whatever you guys can do to help support us, we're sending the kids to school. We want them to have an education. We want them to have an opportunity in life to be able to go out there and crush it and change the trajectory of what's going on in their country. Give them an opportunity, give them hope. And you guys can do that. And so if you're a part of the Ron and scripted family, if you're part of the misfits for life, as I call you guys, please do whatever you can. And when you do, I don't say if I say when, when you guys do send me a screenshot or wherever it is, let me pay you back, even though I'm paying you here, let me pay you back even further, perhaps with some coaching time, just as my way of just rounding that out to say thank you, because all of us together can and will make a difference. I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you. Sometimes I get photo screen photos of you guys actually doing it. I ask every single time. And I hope that when you're listening to this, that there's something action you can take. If nothing else, go on your social media, share www.helphealhumanity.org. Tag me in it. Let me thank you for that because together we can make a difference. So I appreciate you for honoring me in that commercial there just for a second. And uh, we got Mr. Scott Goyette, my brother from another mother, my co-host for the Friday night show, The Unfiltered Experience. He says, yo, superstar. What's up, Mr. Scott? I'm feeling a little bit better, brother. I don't have a toothache. Um, he's giving me three stars here. I don't know. I understand why he doesn't give me five stars. You know, fucker. Um, and Catherine says, I donated to them. So thank you, Catherine. Send me a screenshot of that. I want to take care of you. I want to appreciate you. So without any further ado, Tonight on my show, I have somebody that was referred to me by a friend of mine. She said, you got to connect with this guy. You know, he's got an amazing story. He's got a lot of similarities to you. He's very passionate. He's very raw. He's very unscripted. And so I'm looking forward to this. I've done a little bit of research on him. And so without any further ado, we're just going to kick this off and have an awesome conversation tonight with Joshua T. Berglund. What's going on, Joshua? How are you hey, doing, my brother? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show. Thank you for uh, inviting me to be here. That's pretty cool of you. Thank you. No, definitely, definitely. I, I see what you're about. I see you're the world's mayor. Um, so I'm the world's no excuses coach. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I just did, I did, I did a little bit of digging and I just dig your style and your passion with various things that you're working on and just ready to have a, a raw and unscripted conversation tonight about what we can do to help other people get, get out of their own way in their life and kind of be real and honest and raw with themselves to be able to start that healing process. And the first question I have for you tonight, and appreciate you being here as well. I know it's a little bit later on the East Coast. Um, when I think about life right now, and I think about a lot of people in the world today are going through this evolution. They're going through this, this situation where they're pausing and they're questioning what it is that they're doing, why they're doing it. You know, the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything else that's been going on here in the United States with the political situations and the injustices and everything else. I know me personally, I've gone through different iterations of trying to examine and really understand who I am, what my identity is, what my purpose is here in, in the world. What have the last two years really taught you and spoke to you about your journey? Life happens for you, not to you. Amen. And uh, there's always, so my two year period started visiting Minneapolis and I was there when the riots broke out. Oh, wow. And uh, so, you know, COVID starting to creep in. I hope I didn't get flagged your video oh, no, for no, saying no. that word. Okay. No, uh, you're good. You're good. I've had my trouble with social media. And, uh, and I had my Facebook account so, canceled. So um, I'm good. 
I, <laughs> I, um, but I was in Minneapolis when the riots broke out, when George Floyd uh, was killed. And uh, my, what's now my wife and I, we went to downtown to feed the protesters and, and the National Guard. And, um, you know, I, I thought I was going back to Los Angeles and I felt in my spirit I should stay. And, uh, but with that came like a vision, you know, a download of why I was staying, what we would have the opportunity to do. And that's when we created our nonprofit media organization because we wanted to elevate the, the voices that have been voiceless. Mm -hmm. um, even, even the voices for the voiceless, we wanted to elevate. And so we had this unique skill set that was really geared and wired towards new media and the future of media, where we're going with the fourth industrial revolution. Um, we just had that skill set to fit into it, but also we love the broadcasting side and we believe in the future that we'll all be our own media organizations, but we'll have to have our own broadcasting platforms also, because this is the engine that drives it. You notice everyone's live streaming. Everyone's got a live stream. Yep. It's essential. But here's the thing. If you don't have a live stream in the new world, you're not going to make it. The president, we've been teaching this for two years now. And because this is, it birthed an opportunity. When the world shut down, we said, holy crap, this is more time to create. Yeah. We saw an opportunity. And we also saw a lot of people that had something to say that was getting drowned out, getting censored, being silenced. So we created a censorship-free network um, that we're giving away to people. Um, we do have, we make you take our training, but the training doesn't cost anything. We serve, and all of that is because we know, here's the thing, right now, the media, there's, there's very few that have all the power. <laughs> but in the new world where we're going, it, the media, the power of the media will be in the hands of many. Media in the future is, is absolutely 100% going to be just like the internet. Like it won't be a big deal. To say you're in media will be like, well, no <laughs> shit. You took a shit today too, didn't you? Right. I mean, it, it just won't mean anything. And everyone else will be left behind. The president of the United States, if you believe he was really the president, um, he was on, he said in a speech just a week ago that if you don't know these skills, you're going to be left behind. We've been talking about it for two years. So what I saw, what I, I forgot what the question is now because I started preaching because I'm very passionate about this subject because, damn it, we've been saying it for two years. And you've got to start listening, people. I don't care if you're an attorney, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a teacher, especially if you're a teacher. Holy crap, teachers, you have an opportunity right now to make millions and millions of dollars just on your intellectual property and your love for teaching. You have an opportunity with media. That's what we'll do. And so we're passionate about serving the people that have been voiceless, the people that have been the, the, the people that have been discriminated against, the people that have the racists, the bigots, the, the, the people that because of redlining have had their lives altered. There's so many very, very big time issues from people and they don't get the voice. They don't get the platforms. They don't have the money to go pay for your $25,000 media course. Screw you and your courses. Seriously. I, I mean, you, you probably have a great course, but I'm talking about these people that are ripping people off. These scam artists that are in the speaking world are the worst. Mm, and I, and oh, yeah. I'm sick of it. They're charging. I know what some of them are charging for media. We have it for free on our website. Don't listen to these clowns. I learned it all. I had no choice. My bad past and the bad shit I did, I'm not hireable. 
I, I'm a crazy person, but I'm well, also. I saw, some, I saw something in your in your profile that said you were a shock jock or something like that. Yeah, I'm an evangelist. I love the Lord, but I'm crazy too, man. I I, I just did an episode today on my on my on my talk show. Um, it's called Joshua, the world's mayor. I change all the time because I just feel like I create stuff. I like to change all the time. But Joshua, the world's mayor, is the name of the show. Um, you should see the title of it. It's fun. Uh, but basically what I did was expose the truth about homosexuality in the Bible and what it really means, the, what the real word was there and what it meant and what all the other the, the language that's in the Bible that has basically caused hatred and murder and abuse and being shunned from society, being shunned from families because of your sexuality, because the Bible said you're a, you're an abomination. Bullshit. So I did an episode today and I love, look, I'm a man of faith. Without Jesus, I am nothing. Without God, I am nothing. I would not be breathing without my relationship with God, but the Bible is corrupted. It's an amazing book, but it is corrupted by <laughs> man and they're using the wrong words and they're hurting a lot of people with it for all the wrong reasons. And I'm sick of it. I'm That's sick a of whole it. Other the church show. is not telling the truth. The church, yeah. the, the church is part of the problem. And so Jessica and I, our whole mission is to break down the walls of the church because the love of Jesus is a real thing. It is an amazing thing. But the, the way that religion has gone about it is all wrong. It's so mm. screwed up and twisted. And I'm just sick of it. And so I'm one of those people that suffered and, and, and I, the, 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 the pain that I caused other people because of my not knowing and I was so confused and I was so lost and I felt all the judgment because I love Jesus. And even when I didn't love Jesus and I didn't know who he was, I was hurt and I was ashamed and I felt guilty because I was always told that I was an abomination or I was a faggot or I was whatever else. And it's just and it hurts, and then you make the, the, the because of the pain, then you lash out like a wounded animal, and you hurt people that try to love you, and then you abuse yourself with drugs and sex and everything else, which I did. I mean, I'm not saying you did it, I did it. I did all <laughs> well, I did this. my fair share of stuff and, and that's just for sure. because I needed to, it's like I needed to do this, but I didn't need to do it in that way because I was, but I was so desperate to feel who I really am and figure it out. I just abused drugs. And I became the worst chem sex addict for almost 20 years. And I wrecked so many lives and I wrecked my own life. And without Jesus, I would not be breathing right now. But at the same time, I'm here to kick the church in the teeth because of mm -hmm. what it's done to people. And I'm sick of it. And the Catholic church is the freak there, the beginning of all of it. Nice. Let's let's, let's pause. Let's pause right there. Yeah. Let's pause right there. Sorry. I, guess, I, guess, I can see you. I can see you. I can see you getting passionate. That's that's good. That's what we love on the show. We love passion. But my original question is: over the last two years, aside from what you were doing there in Minneapolis, what is it that you personally like learned and grown through in these last couple of years? You know, with that alone time, obviously you've created your foundation and your network. But you personally, what are some realizations for yourself and your growth pattern? Because we're going to dig back into your past and kind of get into some of these things. But for yourself, what have you learned most about yourself during these couple of years? I, well, I don't, I've never, that's like, I, wow, dude, that, I don't even, I've never even thought of that Yeah. ever. Well, I'm having an opportunity I, I, right here I, live I, on I'm air to, to examine that, to explore that with you. I'm focused on the mission. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just talking about Josh personally. 
my faith is and that's my faith i i don't work dude um you know i told you off air about the, having did and relationships are complicated for me so i i need to really like i i have i set really hard boundaries and i do it because i don't want to turn into any of the other people and um so what i've learned though is that i can live by faith and i can still and without I serve and only serve. We don't ask for money. We don't we don't um, charge for what we do. We give our services away. But to live like that and just trust that we're going to be blessed, it takes a lot of faith. And it's scary sometimes not knowing how you're going to pay rent or how you're going to pay for your network and your foundation and all of that stuff. It's scary, but like God always provides. So my faith is so strong that I'm crazy enough to look like an insane person to fulfill what I was created to do. And I, I will do that so unapologetically that I don't care what other people think of me anymore. I don't need to be on social media to do what I was created to do. I don't need to be on other platforms. I built the digital Noah's Ark with my wife and that's where we're at, where we're at. The digital Noah's Ark, the Live Mana Network. But you see, it took faith to pursue that because it makes no sense to give away media services or broadcasting services and just not expect anything in return, just expecting that God's going to provide mm -hmm. faith would be the answer. Nice. I love that, Joshua. I appreciate you sharing that with me. And so when I think about like what you're talking about, I think about fears. Like so many people have fears about different situations. Like you talked about fear of being you unapologetically. I'm the no excuses coach. Before I was a suit and tie speaker, I was a people pleaser. I was doing everything for everybody else to get their validation, to get the security and the safety and the comfort of knowing that predictability was and certainty was a part of my future. That if I did X, Y, and Z, I would get a promotion. I would make more money. I would be secure in my situation because I was a, I was a former homeless seventh grade dropout living on the streets. So for me, it was always about surviving. And then through my journey of learning to love myself and learning to really identify what the fear is and be able to overcome that and be able to change my perspective about things and be able to just be who Christopher Roush is, the no excuses guy, the, the rocker, the Harley guy, the guy that just talks, you know, and, and you really are a rocker. So I saw you walking show. before the show. Oh yeah, no, I love me. I'm music. I mean, it's all real back there. Um, so talk to us about how we can help people. Cause I know a lot of people are feeling fear right now. They're feeling insecurity about the, the world and everything else and how it's changing. What are some recommendations you have that you personally went through to be able to reanalyze what fear really means and be able to use that as a positive now as fuel for your passion? Every, every question I think you could ask around this kind of category is going to go back to one thing and that's just be honest. Yeah. And, and, and be willing to talk about it, like regardless of whatever it is, um, being able to talk about it is part most, I swear to you, most of my healing is, is come from just getting comfortable with the truth Love it. and being willing to walk that out. And even if it, even if it's true to me in that moment, and, you know, having sometimes truth changes with my personalities. So, but perception is what it is, right? But yeah. like I getting comfortable with truth and even if it changes, that's okay. You can say, Hey, I learned something. I, I, I gained some wisdom on this and I had a different experience and I, I, I felt my spirit like, Hey, maybe that wasn't right. But being able to even say that, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that to me is important, but also being the kind of person 
that someone's going to want to listen to you say because expecting people to listen to you when you're bitching and moaning all the time i'm sorry that's a little selfish and narcissistic no one wants to be around that crap i'm I'm amazed at how many people watch the news oh yeah because it's so (laughs) but you know what i mean so it's just it everything goes back to truth and being willing to share it and walk in it that to me that will solve everything and look the truth is a painful mother trucker man mm-hmm. it hurts yeah it hurts really bad but you know what it doesn't only set you free it sets everybody else free too nice because there's people keeping your secrets there's people that are lying for you people protecting you no they're not I feel so bad, man. All the women that I hurt that tried to love me and I was just a demon. And like they all loved me. Like they they really, really tried. And the worst thing I think I ever did to them, and I did some bad stuff, was lie and mm-hmm. lie and lie and lie and lie and lie and lie. And basically break them down and break down their intuition because that's a woman's greatest gift. Why a man and woman, whether whatever, whatever defines their relationship or marriage or whatever, like a woman's intuition when she's like, when she's whole is like a superpower from God, it's like having God walk next to you. And so when you're lying to a woman and telling her, no, I wasn't banging, like, you know, whatever. Or, no, I wasn't. No, I, and, and no, you're crazy. Are you kidding me? Yep. And then you turn it around on them and say that they were doing it. And then you make them believe all that stuff. Yep. That is some really, it's psychological warfare. And, and whether I knew I was doing it or not, I did it. So I've got two and, questions for you. I got two questions for you based on that. Number one, what was the hardest thing that you had to get honest with yourself about? And number two, have you gone back and apologized to those women now that you've kind of had this awareness and this epiphany of how you treated them? So those two questions, like what was the hardest thing to get honest and real with yourself? And then have you gone back and kind of tried to make amends on those relationships? Well, I gave a bunch of fake sorries or, you know, sorries because I got caught sorries. Uh, right. But then when I turned my life around, <clears throat> I gave real sorries and, um, and, and, and that was good. Uh, but one, one sorry. Uh, got me a restraining order. So, oh, oh. oops. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just because I left a letter and, you know, but whatever, it was it was for the best. <laughs> I promise it was for the best. Um, and that was like, because I really wanted, it was crazy. I, yeah, th- that's a, that'll lead to an hour long story. But yet to answer your question, yes. And um, even in our, in our book that we wrote, I, there's an apology in there too. There's a message to my kids and, um, so yeah, what was the second question to that? Um, what was the what was the most challenging thing to get honest and real about yourself? Because you're talking about truth and facing your truth and not having to lie about anything. Talk to us about that because I know a lot of people watching this, myself included, I've had moments in my life where I wasn't honest about things. I wasn't honest with myself about my identity and certain aspects of things. But once I got real and raw with myself and was able to face that, face that head on and to go through that healing process, I was able to overcome so much and have so much more love in my life. Talk to us about what was one, maybe the one of the most difficult things you had to get honest with yourself about. Hmm. Well, one, I, that I couldn't do it alone. Um, but that again, goes to my relationship with God. Um, but I, all at the same time, 
because I became the man that I was supposed to be up to a, a point. Like I've got more growing to do. Oh yeah, we all. But <laughs> I became a man that God blessed me with the opportunity to lead a family again, and have a good relationship and a loving relationship and a loving home, um, and two amazing little girls that that love me and I love them. And and you know, here recently, um, well, so my oldest daughter. <laughs> who's mad at me right now has been talking to my, um, one of my twins and, uh, that I, that I gave them up for adoption because I was pretty in a bad place, but they've been talking and, uh, let's put it this way. I'm getting much closer to having prayers answered, uh, getting to reunite with all of my kids. Oh, beautiful, man. That's awesome. So anyway, I, I, I don't know if I really answered your question. I just, when I speak from the heart, I, whatever comes out, comes out. Oh, so yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking like you were talking about different aspects of your identity, like getting oh. real and raw, real and raw with yourself. Like what is something that you were denying in your in your existence and, and lying for that you finally said, you know what? This is who I am. I'm going to be honest with myself. I got, and then, I got you. I got it. I got it. <laughs> and this happened. This happened today. Oh, wow. Holy shit. Um, real world. Yeah. No, for real, because I couldn't have answered that question really. Um, because it, it would have been too many things, right? But this has been the biggest obstacle in my entire life. And breaking know, news I gave my life to the Lord. I this became an even bigger issue, and it was centered around my sexuality. And while it's a complicated sexuality and it's not very straightforward to want to even label it, um, but knowing that I could be comfortable being attracted to whatever energy I'm attracted to and that I can serve the Lord and do what God created me to do. And I can be a good example for others and, and, and be that too. Like God still loves me and God still has a plan for me, even though I, you know, may be attracted to multiple different sexes and that's okay. And yeah. um, I then as of today, when I released that episode with that, I recorded today, but I released it today too. That was me finally having peace. And um, man, I don't even know I, you, but I'm proud of you. I don't I mean, I'm proud of you. I've got friends of mine that are gay that struggle with their identity. I've, I've had friends that were married and, and, and heterosexual relationships trying to hide it. And then they came clean and they've had that, 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 stigma back in the back of their mind like you know they've come from a religious background in the family and hearing about that stuff so hearing your story i'm definitely going to have them watch this because that's so powerful i mean sometimes we think the good book is like that's how you're supposed to live life but the truth and the validity of it is if god created us all and god loves us all and we're all part of god then there should be no compartments or 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 stereotypes or or labels that that define whether god will lo god will love you or not we're all one of the same. We all come from the same pool. And uh, so I'm glad that you shared that. And I'm glad that you had that, that realization that you became honest with that because that's powerful, man. And so, yeah, sorry it took me so long to answer that question. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you because, you know, that's what this show is all about. This show is about having raw conversations and, and getting to the root of things because so many people are out there struggling. And so by showing that you're a masculine dude, you're a passionate dude, but also that you're open about your sexuality, that allows other people that are watching and listening to this perhaps to say, you know what, I can do it too. If Joshua can do it, if other people can do it, I can do it too. And as, as we get 
as we get to a place, this is my goal every single day when I wake up, Joshua, is it's hard for me not to call you Josh because I have so many friends that are named Josh, um, is the fact my intention every single day is to, is to raise the elevation and the vibration of this planet, is to make everybody feel as though they're not excluded, they're not different, that we're all more the same than we are different. When I'm speaking on stage, I, I prove this point. I ask people to look around the audience and I've spoken for a hundred people. I've spoken for 8,000 people. I'm like, look around the audience. Just take a look at the different types of people here in the audience today. And people look around. I'm like, you got black, white, short, tall, gay, straight. Um, you got people from different religious backgrounds. You got everybody here in one room. I said, now you may look at people from the exterior and say, oh, that person's different. That person's different. That person's different from me. You know, and some people may sit there and look at it from an egoic place. Like I'm better than that but you split us all down the middle and we're all the same. Nobody could tell us differently. And I've even proven this point to the fact of some people who I know who are racist. I'm like, if you had a blood transfusion, would you take a blood transfusion from a guy who was black? Would you take a blood transfusion from, from somebody who believed in Allah? Would you take a blood transfusion from somebody who was gay? Do you question that shit? And I've had asked people who I know who have had blood transfusions. I'm like, did you ask the, the nurses and the doctors um, where that blood came from? And, every, and, and I'm like, you can't fucking lie. And every single person who's had a blood transfusion has never said, I didn't, I, I, I asked where the blood came from. I said, so if you're out there judging people and you're being a racist, <laughs> you're being a dick, but yet you didn't, you took their blood, then you got some conflicting shit going on and you need to question yourself. So I love the fact that you brought that up. What are some advice? What's some advice you would have to give to people who, who have something to tell, but they're so afraid of what their family and their friends might say. They're so much living in fear of judgment and ridicule and everything else. What are some pieces of advice you would have for them to consider to change their perspective about that, that situation? Because I know it's not easy. I've had to go through that process myself. I've coached a lot of people through situations like that. What are, what are some of your thoughts, man? Oh, man. My monitor is going out. It's, do I know? I said, sorry, my monitor is going in and out. Oh, <laughs> That's why I'm playing on my ear. There we go. I mean, everything always goes back to honesty for me. Everything. But how and do we get over that it, fear of like, oh, if I uh, if I come out and tell my my parents this, well, that I'm afraid of what they're going to say about me. I'm afraid they're going to disown me. I'm afraid they're not going to love me as much. Okay, so I'll get. I mean, I have. I'll answer the question this way. I had a lot of things I did in the shadows. That, for me. Like I, it was like, it would have been one of these things. Like I used to get in the way, I had multiple opportunities to kind of make it a little bit bigger going the entertainment route when I was in LA, I had amazing opportunities that I had to walk away from. Um, I'm giving you dead air. No, you're good. You're actually, you're, you're thinking it's all good. And I know you're, I know you're a broadcaster cause you know about dead air, but it's totally fine in this situation. Cause you're actually thinking of the genuine answer that you want to come up with. Well, I know. I don't even know why I'm kind of just stumped, not stumped, just like at a loss. 
Like for me, why you think about that? Like some of my aspects, when I think about that, when people say, Chris, but I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that. Ultimately, I sit there and I think about it and I ask them like, what is your ultimate legacy? Is your ultimate legacy, do you wake up with the intention of living in fear every single day? Or do you wake up with the intention of being truly who you are unapologetically and not worrying about those, those opinions and those judgments? Because ultimately when we get to the end of our game and I've read this book, it's called the five, the five regrets of the dying. And that hospice nurse that sits with all these people who are dying, the number one regret that all of these people had is that they lived the life that they thought they were supposed to, and they didn't live the life they wanted to. And so I'm big about no regrets. If you follow my social media, you always see I hashtag no regrets. So for that, I asked them, like, what would it feel like if you no longer held yourself back in fear of what other people thought of you? Like for me, I did that as well. And once I got clear and clean about my legacy and that I'm not going to worry about those individuals and wish them well, it was such a relief. It was such a burden for me to let go of that. I didn't have to win anybody's validation that just me being who I am is good enough. And if it's not good enough for somebody else, that's okay for them. I don't need their validation. I don't need their approval for me to continue on. So that's kind of like my thoughts on what I would tell somebody who's living in fear of what somebody might judge them by. I, yeah, and I, I I was about to go and tell us like this. To, to, I was going to preface it, and then I got to thinking that I was about to say something that I could get somebody in trouble. So oh, gotcha. that's why I because <clears throat> I wanted I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Yeah, but the life that I lived, I had a bunch of secrets, and the biggest thing that I had was like people finding out, of course. And what I've learned over the years is this. When other people share your tickets, I, I used to get like emails from people like basically kind of wanting to blackmail me for some oh, of the wow. stuff, but I never knew who they were. And so I was constantly in fear that I was going to get caught. And so when I had a really bad relapse, I won't go into that story now, but one of the things that was put in my spirit to do was to put a spotlight on my shadow world to show people the supernatural power of truth. But... The thing that the example that was given to me was, do you want to make it big and then be writing $15 million checks to hush people up, like hush money, like Charlie Sheen, mm -hmm. or do you want to build your empire on a foundation of truth? It's going to take you longer, but do you want to build it on truth? And I took that for me as this, all that's hidden is going to be exposed. And when someone else is the one exposing you, well, they they can weaponize it however they want yes but when you tell the truth you take the bullets away what are people going to say they're going to say oh okay what i mean they'll say stuff but it, it won't last long and so i really believe that encouraging people that i like to say things like god doesn't bless lies and and you know i i believe in the supernatural power of truth in fact even other religions and even some of the more noetic science style religions, they believe like that truth ultimately is the path to, to salvation. The truth is the, the, the way to freedom, the fifth dimension. It's like you truth your way out. Yeah. And so instead of trying to install fear of like, hey, you're going to get exposed anyway, because most people won't believe that. But trying to encourage people that if you want to be blessed in all areas of your life, just get honest and and i believe that that is an absolute attitude shifter because i don't believe that at this point people are afraid of effing everything so using more fear ain't gonna do it but trying to go hey there's something really amazing over here 
you can live the life of your dreams, but it starts with truth and, and encouraging that way. And I think that that's a more positive seed to plant that eventually will produce a harvest in some way. Hmm. I love that. I love that. And, and what you're talking about, Joshua, is when I think about the overall conversation we're having so far is identity. Like we mm. get so caught up and I think about the conditioning process that we go through from uh, study shows, child psychology, child psychology shows that our identity is based on who we are from the age of zero to five. Like all the inputs and the things we get from our parents and our caretakers and all of our experiences kind of establish our beliefs and our beliefs establish our attitudes and our attitudes establish our actions. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy based on what we believe to be true. And then we go through our life thinking, I am this person. Like for me, my mom told me I was stupid all the time. I was a piece of shit. And so I grew up thinking I was stupid up until the point I was like, I told you before I was a seventh grade dropout. When somebody told me at 18 years old, Chris, why don't you go back to school? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? There's no way I can go back to school. I was stupid. You know, I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got out of school. I'm glad I was homeless because I was doing poorly in school because I told I was stupid. I had to rewrite that script. I had to change my view of my identity and I had to rewrite my position about what people thought of me. And the way I did it, Joshua, and I'm going to ask you this question here in a second is I had to sit there and think, okay, might I have been like them had they gone through those experiences that they went through? Or might I be like them if I gone through the experiences they went through? It's so like, and for example, my mom, my mom treated me poorly. She did the best she could with what she had. I'm writing in the book about it right now. But she kept telling me she's four years old. My mom, you're a fucking grown ass adult. Start acting like it. Will you just grow the fuck up and like behave like it? And here I was, you know, 17 years old, 18 years old, 20 years old, still trying to tell her this. And I, th I thought, you know what? Instead of me trying to assert my opinion and my, my advice, let me just take a step back. And Stephen Covey talks about in this book, seek first to understand, then to be understood. I'm like, if I had gone through all the experiences that she had been through, might I be like her? And as much as I didn't want to say yes, I did. I thought, okay, what happened to her when she was four years old? Her parents got divorced. Okay, then she went to go live with her mom permanently. Her mom was more batshit crazy than my mom was. And so that's where she got a lot of her conditioning and her psychology from, was from that. And so I started having empathy and compassion for her and I was able to forgive her for many of the things that she did and started realizing, like you said at the start of the show, life happens for us and not to us. And so I was able to have that empathy and compassion. I was able to adjust my identity what are some tips and advice you have and maybe a, a particular story in your life where you had to shift your perspective about your identity? Um, because so many people are struggling with that. And for us, you and I, we've got to that point where we're clear on who we are. Obviously, it's an ongoing evolution. Well, talk to me about uh, some of your thoughts about what I just shared. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dang, dude, you ask the most broad um, but but specific questions. Thank you. Like you, it's a mind scramble. <laughs> I love it. I, I want to, okay. So that is a, um, okay. So you, okay. I want you to ask me that question one more time. Yeah. Because There's I, more about identity. I, I, like, my brain twisted some of it and I want to yeah. hear it again. Yeah. No worries. Like talk to us about identity. Talk to us about maybe, you know, how we can formulate our identity, reformulate our identity. Maybe tell us about a time in your life where you thought you were a certain way. And then you had to reformulate that identity and perhaps maybe from what the people in your life conditioned you to believe. Okay. So I, that's, that, that's why I'm, I, that, that question for me, when you say identity, I get lost in, well, which identity am I today? That's, I mean, yeah, true. Because we're talking about, and talk about DID and, and explain that yeah. to folks. Yeah. Like that's, that's why I'm getting stumped because it's like, well, I, if I, if I'm being honest with you, I, I, I just came out of a switch. Like if you, so the broadcast I've released today 
Then there's one right in front of it that led to this one. But then there's three others before it where I'm in just a completely different space and I'm, and I'm breaking through it. And then I'm like, I, for me, as I'm going through this healing journey with DID, my switches to altars, like the altars, it's a soul fragment is what it is from really bad trauma, like repeated trauma over and over and over again as, as when I was young. So these soul fragments. So I'm just now getting to where they're coming back together and I'm starting to recognize who I am. And it's been this amazing journey. And I mean, again, without Jessica, there's no way I would be where I'm at today. Yeah, Jessica. But there's still, again, sometimes I stay in the basement because I'm not myself. And so, but early on when it was really, really bad, um, when I was switching and I was the, what the book, the devil inside me is about is, is the demons that I became. Um, let me, some of it gets so bad that you can, like you could, you're so detached from reality that you could watch somebody that you love be brutalized. Mm. you could Can't watch them be headed and there would be nothing there but then there's other things where it's just there's a very playful joyful like almost childlike joy in in a care in, in one of the altars um where mine are more pronounced originally where i could tell which which altar i was based on sexual interest and um because there was there's well, there was, it was more than one thing. Like it, there was each one had different, very specific carpamentalized processes, taste, ways of doing things. And it was all different, but that's how it was almost like how I identified. But what I was able to trace back when I started healing was that those, those, those altars were born at very specific trauma points in my life of certain instances that happened that those fragments became what they were and uh but let me tell you this there's a lot of people that could see joshua like the person that i was created to be that got blinded by that light so much so that they couldn't see the monsters that were hiding and wow. um, i i hurt a lot of really good people and i hurt some people that weren't so good but i hurt people that and i and i acted in ways that i i can i can't take back and so i've made it a mission that like every day that i try to you know as i'm developing my relationship with the lord and and, and trying to become a better man you know like i i'm i'm driven to be better so that I can look at, so I said, I did this much bad. <laughs> so now I'd like to do that much good right. and impact way more people all over the world for all the right reasons. And uh, it's what fuels my desire to serve now. But I, I haven't forgotten about the people I've hurt. And, you know, I don't know how many times you can say you're sorry. I don't live with any guilt anymore because I, I know what was going on and, and I know I've, I have to move on at some point. Right. Right. And try to just do make the next right decision. 
my goals in life are to to be able to show that somebody with DID and multiple personalities can thrive in this world that can make a positive impact. Because when you read about DID, it makes it literally makes it sound like you're a fucking demon. Pardon my French, but it makes you sound like a demon and and you're a crazy person and you need to be locked away. And you know what? There's times that I definitely feel like I should be locked in the loony bin. There's absolutely those times. I can't even imagine. That's gonna but, be horrible. But like I'm I thrive in life after and especially after the life that I lived. And so it, it, without, I mean, obviously I, I keep bringing up God, but if it's true, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I tried all the other ways and it didn't work. <laughs> and so like it, it, it was everything for me. And I mean, because of that, like now I have people in my life that love me and I know they love me, like leaving social media. I mean, I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, like it affected me. Like it, I mean, it caused me to switch. Sometimes like, it would depress me. Sometimes it would, um, I would start comparing myself to other people. Like I have no business comparing myself to. And, and I got caught up in that. And then, mm, and it was like feeding me that dopamine of joy and like thinking I had friendships and that maybe I didn't, I, I don't know. And, but what I learned off, after getting off of social media is that I have real friends and then I've developed like now, now, because I'm not staring at my phone while I'm at the gym nonstop. Now right. I'm like where I can see people. And now I've actually made real friends and uh, like in real, real life and doing and doing real business and real projects and real things and not that pretend social media bull crap that goes on. Yeah. And, and I'm not wanting to kill myself either. And I'm not, Oh, and I'm also not worried about censorship either because mm. I have my own network. I can say whatever I want. Right. And yeah. So like, here's the thing. DID sucks, but it's also a gift. Like I see the world through a lens that no one can even imagine. And so I have really wild views about some things, but, but, um, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it's, it's taught me so much. And it's also now that I've, I'm learning, I'm learning how to have empathy. It's new, but my, my daughters, um, uh, they're so amazing. Like, they broke my heart and I knew that when they broke my heart, I knew I could love. And, um, and that's, and then like, and it's gotten so much better. And so now like I'm able to love people and people, um, actually love me and I get to feel their love. And like for someone with DIB, that's not common. So God is good from that standpoint. And, um, and I don't want to screw it up because <laughs> I'm yeah. capable of doing it because I've screwed up a lot and I've hurt, but I, I'm driven to do the right thing. And I'm driven to show all other people with the ID because there's a lot of people that are misdiagnosed that think they have like bipolar disorder, but they really have DID. And by the way, that bipolar medication is going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so like I'm, I'm telling you, if I can be there for anyone that has BPD, uh, bipolar disorder, serious depression or DID, if I can be there for you, pray for you, talk to you, show you what, what's worked for me, I I. I'm happy to be there for you Love um, because you can thrive. You have to protect yourself. And yes, you have to set boundaries, but you can do it. You can do it. And you can have a happy life, a happy wife, a happy family. You can have all the things that they say that you can't have. Fuck them. Pardon me, but fuck them. You're good. You can have, you can get your dreams can come true. Even if you're borderline crazy. 
I love it. I love it, man. I told you this conversation was going to go by quick. It's already been 50 minutes. We go for about an hour. Yeah, we've been, I mean, it's, it's just a crazy jam session, man. I want to capture some of these comments and I got a couple more questions before we head out of the broadcast. We've got some amazing souls up in here. We've got my brother from another mother. We got Robert broker in the house. Hey, Um, Robert. Yeah. He says, uh, sorry, I'm late. Christopher and Joshua. I knew this one would be hot like fire. Absolutely. I love Uh, Robert. Robert says, yeah, he's always following the shows. He's always here supporting Joshua. This makes you hundred percent grade a entrepreneur. Welcome. Glad you're here. We got Christopher Kaysen in the house. My brother got to meet Christopher in Chicago earlier this year. We were both at the power. We symposium. Thank you for being here. Got lots of, got lots of comments from Robert. He's always very verbose. Uh, Catherine Young says my very best friend is gay and I love him so much. (laughs) We should clarify this. I'm not gay, by the way. I, oh. I like whatever, man. Like, yeah, dude, like it's energy for me. I love all people. clarify that. Yeah, Robert says, uh, when you tell the truth, you <laughs> take back all your power. 100%. We got Nelly in the house. Nelly from Hooked on Humanity says, you're right, Chris. There is a freedom in just knowing and deciding right. that my truth is worth living and knowing I'm going to go in the direction I'm supposed to go as opposed to being who people want me to be, which is usually a person that's not as great as the person I truly am. And Nelly, you are a beautiful person. So thank you wow. for being here. Uh, Christopher also goes on to say here, um, where there is a gift or a curse entirety, entirely based on perspective. Yes, it, it truly is about perspective. Robert says, Joshua, you are truly the world's mayor. I love you. Got man. Tim Gillette in the house. Tim Gillette, I've known for a, a number of years. He says, Hey, Chris, just stopping by to say hi. What's up, Tim? Happy birthday, brother. I didn't get a chance to wish you happy birthday. I'm rebuilding my Facebook community. I had 5,000 people on my Facebook community and then they deleted it. And so I'm rebuilding it. So Tim was one of the people I just got recently back in touch with. And uh, yeah, man, just a power, powerful conversation. Nelly says, Here, you are so right. Some people have bad habits of polyphasic polyphasic polyphasing disorder right there. in the other people's lives 100%. So Robert wow, we got a few minutes left. Great. We got a few minutes left. I want to I want you to kind of plug your you said you wanted to get a, something across about your network. I want to I want to talk about that oh. and then let where people can get a hold of you to continue the conversation with you, man. Well, first of all, super grateful for the opportunity. Uh thank you. And You're welcome. I in the very beginning. So if you're just now joining, go watch the beginning because I said all that already. Um, I wasn't intending to do it then, <laughs> but you can check out livemanaworldwide.org. That's L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A worldwide.org. Check uh, also check out the Live Mana Network. So whether you have Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, um, or even the App Store, whether oh, iPhone or uh, Play Store, download the app, check it out, check out our content. And um, if you're interested and if you need media services, um, you need one, like, just hit me up. Like there's a contact form that you can, you can book yourself. You can book time yourself on our website. Um, there's a 30 minute chat. We can talk and, um, happy to help, happy to serve anything we can help with, with media, uh, or broadcasting. We're here to serve. Absolutely. And, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, oh, you can, oh, check out the devil inside me book. Uh, you got your other, you got your other website, Joshua T. Berglund. It's not on that site. It's on Amazon. That's just a landing page thing for SEO purposes. And then we got you on Twitter.com. Nope, uh, kicked off Twitter, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's the one I had from your uh, from your thing. Okay, kicked off Twitter. Right? You- yeah, I got kicked off since I filled that out. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm not on any social media anymore. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, I'm off uh, everything. I'm all our content. We distribute we distribute through main media like Google News, um, Medium. We have a newsletter. 
but I, we are not on social media at all. My wife's off of it as well. Um, I, I, I should say this with my last minute here. Um, social media is about the change. So if you're investing all of your business and your planned success on social media, <laughs> go, please go take the course that's on my website and, and learn quickly. Because if you're betting on social media to be what it is for you now, yeah, it's, all sorry, it's about yeah. the change big time. And it's actually happening way faster than people think. Um, to give you an idea, most new apps, uh, they are making you upload your face already. So it's here. The surveil I mean, like these, it's happening quick. It's going to be sneaky. Um, but you need to learn media quickly if you do not want to have the robots take your job. Mm. Crazy free training. It's worth it. <laughs> Joshua, I appreciate you, brother. Your candidness, your rawness, your vulnerability here tonight. I knew this time was going to fly by. I'm definitely going to have you back on the show. There's so many so different more areas that we can that we can discuss and explore. I appreciate it, man. I'm going to put you backstage. Don't go anywhere. And then You're I'm coming gonna, on my show next. I'm going to, yeah, I definitely will. And I'm going to finish out the show, but don't go anywhere. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between. What a crazy, amazing show. And I say crazy in a good way. Um, oh, I hooked on humanity and Ellie saying correction. You are so right. And, you know, I try to be right every once in a while. You know, a broke clock is right twice a day, right? Um, yes, absolutely. So, you know, from this discussion tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I really want you to take a couple of things away. You know, number one, Joshua said truth, truth. Get honest, get real with yourself. I know for me and my personal explorations and everything else, whether it was my, my, my almost bout with alcoholism, drug abuse, things of that nature, um, pretending to be somebody I wasn't in order, you know, imposter syndrome, things of that nature. When I started getting real and honest with myself about my, why I was doing certain things and then what I was running away from, that's when clarity, that's when compassion, that's when empathy for myself started happening and forgiveness started happening for myself and recognizing that the conditions in which I grew up in, not knowing my biological father, having my mother with various psychological disorders, having a half sister, you know, in that situation, all the different things with abandonment in my life. When I started getting real with myself in my mid twenties and my early thirties, it's crazy the healing that started happening. And I didn't do it by myself. Joshua was talking about that. You know, we can't do it alone. I went out and sought therapy. I was on medications. I tried all the different routes. Now I'm looking at plant-based medicines to see what else that I can do and uncover from doing ayahuasca or doing, you know, microdosing mushrooms and things of that nature, whatever else I can do to continue my healing journey. But that starts with that honesty. That starts with that rawness. That starts with that vulnerability. And Joshua did a great job tonight in saying, hey, listen, you know, here's some of the things that I've had to go through in exploring my sexual identity and the things that I'm, that I'm, uh, you know, I'm interested in. And that we're all human. We're all human. Having, we're all souls here having this human experience. And his vulnerability tonight should be an indication for yourself to start looking within yourself. What is it that you've been lying to yourself about? What is it, what is it that you've been holding back with inside of yourself that is tarnishing the true beauty of the essence of who it is that you are? That's why I do this show, the Ron and Scripted Show. That's why I'm the No Excuses Coach. That's why I show up with my bandana and my hat. It's not a branding thing. I don't like sweating, so I've been wearing a bandana for, for decades. People thought it was because I was a metal metalhead. Nope, I just don't like sweating. And I'm not going to wear the little tennis band because that didn't make me look very good. So I'm a biker. I'm a rocker. So I've been wearing a headband. I wore my hat on backwards even when I had hair. So I'm just being me. I'm just showing up being authentically me. And people sit there and say, oh, Chris, you're so this, you're so this, you're so that. And I appreciate all the accolades and I appreciate all the compliments. But at the end of the day, I'm just being me. And that's all I want for each and every one of you is to be who you are. Rock your freak flag. 
And I don't mean that next, necessarily in a sexual kind just be who you are unapologetically. And if people don't like it, if the people want to judge you and people tell you that you should change, wish them well, and not in a mad way, not in, a, in any type of way, but wish them well, because studies show you're like the five people you spend your time around the most. And if you're spending your time around people who do not support you and do not promote you and do not ask you those tough questions and who are honest with you and don't want you to go out there and take risks and challenges and to live your life, you need to wish them well. Because for me, I have a band of gypsies in my life who are amazing, who are truly, truly amazing that I could call and sit there and say, I'm having these, these feelings where I'm feeling inadequate. I'm like, my self-confidence is down and I'm the confidence coach. I'm the guy that's the no excuses coach, but I myself have those situations, but I have a team of people who are around me, my coaches, my mentors, my friends, my brothers and my sisters, you guys know who you are. Um, it's amazing what it is that we can accomplish in our life when we support ourselves with those awesome individuals. And I'm constantly meeting new people every single day. And that's what this life is about. This life is about going out there and flying that and, and going out there and jumping. If you guys never seen the video jump by Steve Harvey, it's a minute and uh, I don't know, 52 seconds dollar for dollar, pound for pound, time for time, that minute and 52 seconds changed my life. Because Steve Harvey talks about the fact that we sit there and compare ourselves to everybody else. Oh, that person's doing this, this person's doing this, they seem so happy. But they jumped. They jumped. And Steve talks about when you jump, your parachute's not going to open, you're going to fall, you're going to back's going to get scraped up, things are going to happen, they're going to test your will. But eventually your parachute will open. But if you don't jump, your parachute will never open. And you will get to that end of your journey and you will sit there and look back on your life. And like it says in the five regrets of the dying, you will regret the fact that you didn't take those risks, that you didn't live a life that was exciting, that you didn't wake up every single day and see, how can I get out of my comfort zone? Your comfort zone is bullshit. That is old reptilian brain that's trying to keep you safe. Just imagine what would life would be like if every single week you sat there and chose, what's one thing I could do this week that will get me out of my comfort zone and expand my confidence and expand my ability and my understanding to know that whatever happens, I'm going to survive. And get this, ladies and gentlemen, you're not only going to survive, you're going to learn shit. And as you learn shit, think about that 52 weeks. I'm not asking you to do something every single day. 52 weeks of doing something outside of your comfort zone. Just imagine, just picture, just envision how different of a person you would be in a year. You could start that today. You could start that today. You could sit there and say, I'm going to do something every single week that gets me out of my comfort zone. I'm going to jump. I'm going to go live life. I'm going to go take those risks. I'm going to go take those opportunities. I'm not going to play it safe. I'm not going to be, as I call it, comfortably miserable. That's the people I coach these days. They're comfortably miserable. They're, they're, they're just playing it safe. So ask yourself, hey, Chris, when did it become okay to be mediocre? Hey, Chris, when did it become okay to be complacent? Hey, Chris, when did it become okay to procrastinate on shit that you know that you want to do, but you're just scared of what the outcomes might be? Go live your life, ladies and gentlemen. You get one life to live. You get one life to live. I'm not talking about the soap opera. You get an opportunity every single day to rewrite your story, to change your perspectives, to surround yourself with amazing, beautiful people like Joshua, and to really examine and challenge your beliefs. Challenge those beliefs. Challenge those fears. Challenge those, those conspiracy theories. Challenge anything in your life and ask yourself, does this serve me? Yes or no? There's no maybe. If it doesn't serve you, then say, what are the first three things I can do to get myself out of the situation and start living the life that I deserve? You are worthy. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, who you've wronged, anything else. You apologize it. You apologize for it. And Randy Pausch in the book, the last lecture says the apology consists of three things. It's my fault. I'm, or I'm sorry. It was my fault. What can I do to make it better? So those three things are a part of an apology. Apologize to yourself. Give yourself grace and freedom to say, hey, I didn't know what I didn't know, but now I know. So let me ask you this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do you learn from your mistakes? You better be raising your hand and say, yes, I learned from my mistakes, Chris. Okay, 
go make more of them. Go make more of them because they're not mistakes, they're learning opportunities. And as you take those learning opportunities, as you jump, as you get comfortable being uncomfortable, your mind expands, the opportunities expand. You're no longer wondering about shit. You're no longer procrastinating. You're no longer playing the someday game. Oh, someday when this is right and this is that and this is that, then I will go live my life. You show me someday on a calendar. Show me someday on a calendar, ladies and gentlemen. You can't. The someday is today. People are dying like that. I know people that are, we all do. Do you want to sit there and end up in your last moments and go, wow, I'm glad I played it safe. I'm glad I was so afraid of this, that, and the other thing. Go live your life today. Go surround yourself with beautiful people. Invest in yourself. Take those risks. Take those challenges. Continue to tune in here on the Raw and Scripted Show. Let us know what I can do to support you. Go to noexcusescoach.com. Check it out. We got lots of things happening and going on. I love and appreciate each and every one of you guys. Just want to go in here. Oh, we got Sean in the house. What's up, Sean? Sean is a new friend I made today on Owl app. He's tuning into uh, to the show through LinkedIn. So thank you for being here, brother. Go back and check out the beginning of the show. It's a phenomenal show. It's a great conversation. Um, Sean and I had a great conversation today talking about you know people you surround yourself with. I can see us doing definite things in the world to make it a better place. A lot of different um, similarities and symbologies. Symbologies. Symbiote, whatever fuck that word is. Thomas Neese in the house. Fritz in the Fritz for life. What's up, brother? He says, thank you for being you, brother. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to let you guys go. Go out there and have a brilliant evening. Go out there, rock your freak flag. And most of all, most of all, go be grateful. Be grateful for every single thing in your life, every person in your life. Be grateful. Show up with gratitude. Show up to serve. Show up to live a kick-ass life. And I promise you, things will turn around. Things will be in your favor. Together, we can make this world a better place for who we are and what we do. That's my intention every single day when I wake up in the the morning. I say what I'm grateful for and I set my intentions to make this world a better place because at the end of the day, my eulogy is already written and it says the component of it is this. Christopher Rausch will have fought for what was right and what was fair. He will have risked for which that mattered and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. Go write your eulogy. I love you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're just tuning in right now, go catch the first part of it. It's an amazing conversation. And you know, I don't always say that, but it's true. Go out there and be brilliant. Did I check the button?